So they don't see one fee. They see getting more fees from you every single year. They can make a lot of money preparing your taxes for the next 30 years and selling you insurance products and getting a commission every six months when you renew that and managing your investments when they get that every quarter. And who the heck knows if they have any experience in this area. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, Nick, you've, uh, you probably remember the Jeff Foxworthy bit, right? You might be a redneck if I'm sure oh, you remember yeah. those jokes, right? They, I haven't heard one in, in quite a while, but that was all the rage in what, the 90s? Was it the 90s? We got that far back for that? Uh, it's It's been at least a decade. Um, I And wasn't it, I think Larry the Cable Guy, wasn't he popular too? I think all the redneck hillbilly jokes, <laughs> I guess they played really well back then, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. But a reason I ask you is because we're going to kind of take that idea and apply it to state planning by talking about your lawyer. You might want to run away from your lawyer if that's the goal today's show, because look, most of the attorneys are going to be good people, right? They're hardworking. They're probably honest, ethical, but not everybody is perfect for you, right? And there's a lot of situations where you should, the client should, not you, Nick, specifically, the client should proceed with caution. So that's what we're going to go through today, but it's good to talk with you again. Nick, how you been? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself? How are uh, how's everything with you and your family? We're good, man. We we went on a, a little vacation, got out of town, went down to uh, to Georgia to a lake, ah. spent some time with the family. Um, but it was my first experience traveling with a uh, an eight month old. Oh boy! And um, yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot. That was a lot, <laughs> man. That was the packing, just the packing itself, and and we. We decided because it's about a four or five hour drive from where we live. And sure. we were like, well, we want to go visit some friends that have a lake house. And we also want to see my family a separate trip. So let's just make it one trip. So we're going to go to one lake house for a couple of days and the other lake house for a few days. So it was packing up to go, then unpacking while we we're there, then packing back up a couple of days later, then unpacking again, then packing back up. It was five or six of those pack unpack over the course of, of less than a week. And I'm like, you know what? We're probably going to travel for a little while. Wow. Keep it local. Um, you're braver than I am. We'll put it that way. Um, it, it's. Did you forget anything important or did you end no, actually, up we did. Uh, having we, a good list? We had more than we needed. We had more than we needed, but we, we don't, I don't think we ever looked at anything, which was amazing, but we just, I think we can be more efficient next time. Well, that's good. Good for you. We have not, we still have not gone on a trip with our son. Uh, we did, uh, a little weekend in New Orleans back in, in January, which was turned out to be very well-timed. Uh, that was right before all this uh, uh, came about with the, the, the COVID issues. And um, we haven't taken our son anywhere. Our plan is next summer. We'll give it a try and maybe go. We love going to Hilton Head. Just it's yeah. quiet. I like to golf. Um, it's a whole lot quieter than, than Myrtle Beach or some of the places that are more crowded. Um, and then, you know, little guys at a fun age right now, it's, you know, I think, uh, sand in the ocean and running around and let him wear himself out and we can just sit there and relax. 
Um, and then he can take a nap and, and we can, we can take a deep breath, but, uh, <laughs> you're braver than I am. Uh, I will say that I, I feel like we're packing for a vacation just to, uh, yeah. take him over <laughs> to, uh, the mother-in-laws, which is the one place kind of in our circle that we've been going, uh, when my wife needs some help, uh, watching him while she's working from home. Yeah. And we were, you know, our whole goal was to, I don't want to go too far down this, this, this wormhole, but our whole goal was like, Hey, we're going to see the family. We're going to have a, a day we can sleep in. Like, it's going to be beautiful. We're going to, we're going to pass the baby off to, uh, my parents and let them wake up with her or whatever else. Well, the first night we try to let her sleep in their room and she was screaming at three o'clock in the morning. So I had to go downstairs oh, no. and ended up, ended up at three o'clock in the morning putting the baby to sleep. And so that entire idea was gone. So don't, I would not expect to relax a whole lot, Nick, just go ahead and put that on your radar. Like go in with low expectations and, and hopefully, you know, they'll be met, maybe exceeded if you're lucky. Well, I were, uh, like I said, you're braver than I am, but it sounds like everyone made it back in one piece and it sounds like you packed everything important that you needed. So I'd consider that a success. I will. I, I consider it a success as well. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed playing in the water. So and really that's all that matters uh, when it's all said and done. So let's, uh, let's get into today's show. Let me remind you, if you haven't joined us before, you can check out Nick uh, Rosenbauer Law Offices online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can find all of our past episodes, plus blogs, plus other resources uh, like your checkup guide for estate planning, essential documents you're going to need for your estate plan, a lot of free resources on the site as well as our podcast. Uh, so you can find it there, but also you can call the office at 513-463-6789. So let's jump into you might want to run away from your lawyer if and and look it's playing off Jeff Foxworthy but it's a serious conversation because look you need to be on the lookout for these certain things because you know if you see these you might want to just kind of hey I'll, I'll I'll chat with you later let me let me just figure out what my options are right now maybe we'll have a conversation a little bit later uh, on but you want to find the attorney that matches your needs and works for you and somebody you can have a good relationship with so I got we got a list of five five things to look out for today. I'm going to run down the list, Nick, let you explain why these are so important and what we're looking out for exactly. So the first thing on our list, the attorney makes a recommendation and tells you what you need before even understanding your situation and what's important to your family. So somebody that's not even really listening to you, they already have the answers. Absolutely. And that you'll, you'll run across that in every aspect of your life and one in one form or the other. And usually the way this starts is someone who will diagnose and quote everything to you over the phone. You call up the office, hey, how much does it cost for my estate plan? And they ask, are you married? Do you have kids? And then all of a sudden they have a price for you and they they literally know nothing about you apart from that. And I, I liken it to a doctor. Would you uh, if your daughter was was sick and wasn't feeling good, um, and you called up the doctor, and the doctor asked, "How old's your daughter? And is she coughing? Uh, yes or no? Okay, here's how much it'll cost, and here's here's what I'm going to do for you. Uh, she needs tonsil surgery. Just in any other aspect that that sounds ridiculous, but for whatever reason, uh, people will call, and and rightfully so, they'll ask what do I need and how much is it? And I don't know that I blame attorneys here for doing it on purpose, but they'll get happy feet thinking they can make a, a sale, if you will, um, which I, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it anyway, but they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be very quick to diagnose your situation, tell you exactly what you need, 
on a five minute phone call and give you the price. They don't, and obviously they're not explaining your options or the the pros and cons of each. It's almost as if you're, uh, it's almost like drive through or fast food estate planning, uh, if that makes sense. We have option A and option B. And if you want option A, here's the cost. You want option B, here's the cost. And and that's and that's it. That's obviously not helping you out. They don't know a darn thing about you. And then also you'll you'll get situations where the attorney has the same advice or the same philosophy for just about everyone. Um, there's there's a term out there called a trust mill, and that's a situation. Uh, and there's a number of them out there where every single client needs a living trust. Whether they actually need it or not, the attorney has already decided you need a trust before they even know your last name, uh, much less your situation, your family, uh, what type of assets you have, what your wishes are, what what things we need to worry about. The reason they do that, obviously, the trusts cost more than just a basic will-centered or will-based estate plan. Trusts can do a lot more, don't get me wrong. There are certain situations, not many. But there's certain situations where it's overkill, but the attorney says, I'd rather get the big fee up front now and scare someone into it, whether they need it or not. The other side uh, is what I call a will mill, um, if you will. And that's the complete opposite. Everyone gets a simple will, even if it's not good enough. And what they'll do, and they'll do this either way, um, is they'll, they'll talk very negatively about whatever option they don't recommend. So if you go to a trust mill, that person will say, no matter what, a will is terrible. Probate court is terrible. Even if you only have $5 to your name and no family and no concerns, they'll give you a trust. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Trust can do a lot more, but it's not the right fit for everyone. The will mill, on the other hand, oh, you just need a will. Those Those attorneys who do trusts, they're just trying to get more money and rip you off and they scare you and they're idiots. They'll say that. Couple problems with that. Again, it's a one size fits all approach. And my guess is your family's not the same as my family, is not the same as someone else's. And there's two reasons why the will mill exists. One, they don't really know what they're doing and they don't have the the time or the knowledge to understand uh, trust laws and, and the complicated estate planning laws. So if they can just do the basic, um, you know, entry level uh, will, they can still get money from you as opposed to saying, I don't really understand this. This isn't my specialty. You should go to someone else who knows what they're doing. And uh, it also can help them build a rather large probate practice. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going (laughs) to say that. (laughs) We talked about uh, the cost of probate and and, and the time involved in probate in a number of situations. Not going to name names, but there was an attorney who's who's legendary in this area. After he graduated from law school about 15 years or so, 20 years ago, um, luckily his spouse had a good job. So, you know, the, the bills were getting paid. It wasn't as if he needed money right now, which is quite a nice luxury. He started giving out free wills to anyone he could find using any excuse he could find. He's got one of the biggest probate practices in Ohio now. The guy makes an absolute killing. You know, he makes more money in, you know, in in probate fees a year than uh, 
than most attorneys make in their entire practice. And it's because he just said, everyone, you just need a will. You need a will. And especially if it's free, people aren't going to get too picky and they aren't going to question it. Some attorney giving me something for free, sign me up. We obviously know everything isn't free, but these things don't protect your family in every circumstance. And they're just looking for a big payday on the back end. So those are the situations. They, They try to put you in a box or they try to answer the question before it's even been asked. Gotcha. I knew you were going that direction with probate after we talked about how much those costs are. It just seems like a perfect opportunity for someone to have that end game. So that's the first one. The second uh, thing you need to look out for is if your attorney is pressuring you to appoint them as your fiduciary. Does this happen a lot? This seems like it would automatically raise the red flag to me, but is this something that's pretty common? You would think so. Um, you would think that it would automatically raise a red flag. It creates a potential conflict of interest. Uh, It is legal, at least here in Ohio, but only under certain circumstances. It's a gray area. And and I can tell, Ben, you're feeling a little uneasy about just uh, just talking about this. Um, There's a couple of ways this comes up. One, when the attorney pressures you and the the attorney basically raises their hand and say, let me take care of this. They'll say a couple of very logical statements about it. They'll say, look, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I do this for a living. I'm preparing your documents. Is there anyone who knows your wishes and your documents and how to do this job better than me? And the answer is probably not. Okay. So that's a fair statement. So I would hope uh, an estate plan that I prepare for someone, I'm an expert in that plan, right? I know exactly how it's going to work because I wrote it. But it's a conflict of interest, and, and the attorney ends up pressuring you, and the attorney's asking, and they're applying for a rather high-paying job when you get sick or when you pass away, and they're saying, look, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'm the best person to take care of this why don't you name me as your power of attorney or your trustee or your executor? And it's it, it's a very logical statement, uh, but it creates a conflict of interest. And then all of a sudden, the more complicated it is, the longer it takes to settle, the more work that's involved, the more money I can charge and get out of it. So it, it, it becomes a shaky area. Um, and also... What usually happens is the attorney will say, I I normally charge this amount to do this type of work. So they will write something in their documents saying that the attorney is allowed to charge his or her attorney level hourly rate to handle this, even if it is not attorney level work that is required to be the power of attorney or the trustee. Um, Their stories all the time of attorneys taking advantage of the family, stealing money from the clients. There's a couple that have uh, made big news here in our area in Cincinnati and Dayton area in the last few years. And what normally happens is it's a situation where none of the children are local or they don't have children or they don't have children they trust. There was a situation where one lady was charged criminally and was actually lost her law license. She was charging $350, $400 an hour uh, to balance this lady's checkbook and pay the Duke energy bill each month as her power of attorney. 
and it was automatic bill pay online. So just charging an outrageous amount of money. And you also hear stories of people stealing money from the clients. Attorneys will do that. They're in charge of everything. There's no oversight. And that happens for more vulnerable people. So if you don't have any children, you don't have anyone who's local and you don't, there's no one that you can rely on to handle this thing. All of a sudden the attorney starts to sound like a good option. Now, the flip side of this, which I still think you worry about, is when the client approaches the attorney and the client brings it up first. I've been asked a number of times um, without bringing it up, and I always politely tell them it's obviously a compliment that they trust you to make sure their children are taken care of and their wishes are carried out. But um, I tell them, I say, look, I, I like to keep things within the boundaries here. Um, I don't want to get into a situation where your family is suspicious of me or thinks I'm stealing money or a situation where I don't even want the risk, even if I am not a scumbag and I do things on the up and up. Um, so I stay away from it. Now, I've had a number of people ask, said, and I politely or respectfully decline, and your attorney should do that. Okay. Um, if you ask your attorney without them pressuring you, they should still say thanks, but no thanks. That's the sign of a good attorney. The the scare tactic here, or the red flag, if you will, is when the attorney brings it up first, and the attorney's yeah. almost applying for the job even without you asking. So, shouldn't the attorney shouldn't be the caretaker in either circumstance? But I want you to be extra careful from the attorney who is basically applying for the job and they're trying to talk you into it and they bring it up. That means it's an idea in their head and their goal is uh, to get an extra payday uh, after the fact. Yeah. And along those same lines, I mean, I guess something else to keep an eye out for is if they're trying to add additional services to what you actually need, such as let's say they you know, want to do your taxes or sell you insurance or annuity, sell you other investment products or just manage all of your investments in general. Uh, that's got to raise a little red flag as well, right? Absolutely. Now, I'm not going to make a blanket statement and say this is per se a ripoff every time because it's not. Um, there are some attorneys out there who have these financial services businesses. The main reason they do it, let's call it what it is, uh, financial advising is a lot better Okay, than uh, than doing the estate plan. Let's 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 put let's call it what it is. Someone pays me to do their estate plan, and then they may pay small fees if we have to make changes here or there. And then if they pass away, and their family uh, wants help, maybe maybe we get paid to do that. But usually, if the plan's simple enough and it's set up the right way, that's it. Financial advisor, taxes, insurance. They get paid every quarter or every year for the taxes, every time the insurance premiums renew. So they don't see one fee. They see getting more fees from you every single year. They can make a lot of money preparing your taxes for the next 30 years and selling you insurance products and getting a commission every six months when you renew that and managing your investments when they get that every quarter. And who the heck knows if they have any experience in this area? What they can do and what a lot of attorneys do is they will get the most basic of financial services licenses. They won't even get all the full licenses, but they will get an, enough of a license. And I'm not going to go through 
the, the six or the six five or the seven or the C. I'm not going to go through all those specific licenses, but they'll get certain licenses that basically allow them to act as a middleman or act as a partner, so to speak. And basically, what I would do if I wanted to do this is I would create Rosenbauer Financial Services and Rosenbauer Accounting along with Rosenbauer Law Office. And I would hire a good financial advisor to run Rosenbauer Investments, and I'd hire a CPA to handle Rosenbauer taxes. And because I have the basic licenses and I can own the business, I can double dip or triple dip on the fees there. So is that always bad? No. If I find the best financial advisor in the world and I just happen to strike lightning in a bottle, and I say, I'm going to get paid uh, a piece of this, but here's the best f- financial advisor, the best accountant in the world. He or she's going to take great care of you. Okay. Um, I still think it's a little it's a little bit of a gray area, and it's a gray area as far as whether or not it's allowed. There's a number of waivers and disclosures, and you have to make it very clear that you're getting a piece of the action uh, in this circumstance. There's a lot of attorneys who can get in trouble here. So I'm not going to say it's a blanket no thanks, but you need to understand their end game going into it because they're not just looking out for you. They're looking out for their own wallet and saying, why get one fee to do an estate plan when I can get fees to do their taxes every year, their insurance, and their investing? Um, and I can get fees from them year after year after year after year. So just be aware of how that plays out. And it is a lot more than just the attorney caring so much about you. <laughs> and they want to make sure your investments and your advice and your taxes and everything are handled perfectly. They want more money. Yeah. Now, like I said, if they have the best financial advisor and the best tax guy in the world, Everyone wins. They get paid more and you get great service. Okay, but just just be aware of everything that's going on and go in with eyes wide open and with your guard up uh, is all I will say to that. Yeah, and to me, it just seems like the common theme here is, you know, it doesn't seem like they're worried as much about you as they are about their business, which is fine Bingo. in a lot of respects, but it's not when you're trying to build this estate plan. Bingo. Uh, so a couple more here. Um and kind of along the same line, somebody that's trying to do all this work for you. Now, attorneys are really smart people. You seem to be a pretty intelligent guy, Nick. We've we've learned a lot from you on this show. But if you have an attorney that claims to be an expert about everything that you bring up to them, uh, be warned. Well, first off, um, <laughs> I appreciate that compliment. Although I do need to tell the listeners that uh, Ben does get paid uh, to do this <laughs> by me. So. <laughs> I guess uh, we can. I guess for a few dollars. I guess for a few dollars, Ben will compliment me uh, every single episode. But um, look, this almost ties into what we just talked about. Before we even get to all the legal advice, you know, it's hard to be an A plus level uh, business person and do an A plus job at estate planning and divorce law, and real estate, and child custody, and guardianships, and medical malpractice, and car insurance. It just I spend a ridiculous amount of time every single year in continuing legal education, studying and keeping up with all the laws and strategies 
just in one area. Extremely hard to do. Most people don't. Most people can't. Um, so let's just be realistic about how someone could do that and do an A plus job in seven different areas. Okay. And, and think about it. You know, do you have uh, in college, do you have professors? Do they teach the, the best professors? Do they teach history and cooking and woodworking and accounting and pre law and biology? No. No. It'd be a lot Probably cheaper. not. Right. Yeah. You would need four professors for the whole college. Um, it just it just doesn't work. So if you're looking for the best, if you're looking for someone who really knows what they're doing and they say, if you ever get picked up for a DUI or you get divorced, call me again, that should be a red flag. So you'll hear these terms used to be general practice attorney. Eh, that means they dabble in everything and they can do a C or a C plus job and everything. Um, now the term is full service, which sounds better, but it means the same thing. And basically, they're trying to get multiple cases from you. Why just get the estate plan when they can get the divorce, the house purchase, the car accident, the bankruptcy? Let's do all of it. So you need to be careful with that. Just kind of go in with your eyes wide open. Um, and then also, it almost goes back to what we just talked about. Um, if your attorney is doing your taxes and your financial advising and selling you home and auto insurance and annuities and life insurance, what are the odds that he or she is the absolute best of the best in all of those fields? Now, I'm sure there are some people who are absolute geniuses out there. I don't know how many of them that there are. There's a lot of people who just specialize in estate planning or one area, and they still don't know what the heck they're doing even in one area, much less five or six. So yeah. something to be aware of. Again, not completely discounting anyone who can stay in more than one lane, but something to be careful about. And, and just think of the, the college professor analogy. It usually works out that they're an expert in one field. And the only way to be an expert in one field is to devote all of your time to it. So just be cautious about that is what I say. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, well, one thing we'll close it out on this note, and, and I, this, this might sound kind of crazy if you're listening, because we're talking about attorneys. We're talking about why you would not want to work with an attorney potentially, something that might raise a red flag. But this kind of goes without saying you would think, but we should still put it out there. If your attorney is not an attorney, you probably want to run. Is that fair? I mean, that happens. Yeah, uh, I've had that happen a couple times in the last few weeks. I've had situations where people come in and they have current estate plans and they just want me to look at it and see if they're in good shape. And the first one, they had a large binder, a lot of documents, and it talked about, you know, even on the binder, how it was prepared by a financial services company. There's no lawyer's name anywhere to be found. And another one, it had uh, the logo uh, on the on the portfolio of a local church, and so the the way this works is usually a church, an organization, a school, sometimes a local financial advisor will do something. Maybe it's a class, or maybe it's just a service that they quote unquote say they provide uh, for education or as a backup. And so what they do is it ends up being a presentation and they say, oh, if you want us to help with your estate plan, here's what you do. And you'll meet with someone who's not an attorney. Okay. So that's red flag number one. Yeah. 
and they will what they'll do is they will fill out a questionnaire with you and they'll send it off to an attorney somewhere. Most of the time, not even in the same darn state. I, one I dealt with this week, uh, a financial advising company prepared the paperwork for the questionnaire, basically wrote down the order. Basically, they were the server at the restaurant and they sent the order out to an attorney in California who never heard of these people, never talked to them, never did a darn thing, took the order form, printed out some documents and mailed them back to them. And the clients had no idea. They, I asked them, said, what attorney did this? What attorney did you work with? And they said, I was under the impression we didn't use an attorney at all. Okay. So that's, that's bad news. Number yeah. two, that's actually unauthorized practice of law. That's illegal in, in all 50 states. Um, the way they try to get around it is they say, oh, I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm just filling out this form. Okay. So no legal advice. There's, uh, there's red flag number two. And then they had no idea. Someone just spit out some documents and the financial advisor called them and said, hey, come on in here when it's ready. So it actually happens more than you might think. Churches do that. They'll do free classes and they do them on a number of topics. Some of the churches, at least in our area. And one of them will be about estate planning. If you want to get your estate plan done, usually the first red flag should be that it's free or it's only a few hundred dollars. And then they send off an order. You know, your your pastor will send an order form off to some attorney in California who's starving, and he will spit in the information in some template form-based documents, mail it out, and get a few hundred dollars in a fee, and then they're ready to go. And, and the the pastor or the person in charge of the uh, the community financial wellness committee or something like that will call you, tell you it's ready to go. So be careful about that, and, and that should go without saying, but I've run into it twice in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's pretty wild uh, indeed. The, the wild world of, uh, of, of law and attorneys, it's, uh, we learn a lot on this show for sure, and that's uh, something else I never expected to hear, but here we are, uh, another podcast wrapped up. So good information, Nick. I, there's a lot of things to be on, uh, on the lookout for and kind of be aware of, and we just want to help inform people in case, you know, if you're starting this process and you're working with somebody for the first time or taking some meetings, trying to figure that out, keep an ear out and an eye out for these things and be aware if any of these things happen. You might want to maybe ask a few more questions or maybe look another direction, something to keep an eye on. But Nick is there. He's open for business. His office is open. They're taking meetings, also doing stuff virtually if that's how you prefer. But sit down with him. If he raises any of these red flags, feel free to call him out on it too. I'm sure he'll be fine with that. But just know that Nick is uh, looking out for his client's best interest, and that's the goal for this podcast as well. So you can find him online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, or you can call the office at 513 513- Four six three six seven eight nine. Well, Nick, let's close it out on that note. That a great conversation, a lot of fun with this one. Uh, not quite the humor of Jeff Foxworthy, but some serious topics that we have to pay attention to. Absolutely. Now, I am originally from Kentucky, now northern <laughs> Kentucky, so I just greater Cincinnati. But uh, so you know, I don't have the accent uh, per se. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. And and Ben, like you said. I invite all the people who uh, who want to work with me 
to call me out if I ever try to sell them uh, a new home and auto policy uh, through uh, through my own office or do their taxes. Absolutely call me out. I, I, I welcome it. Yeah, great stuff. Well, we appreciate it, Nick. Again, hit subscribe on the podcast if you haven't already. And you can find every episode online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. So, Nick, thanks for the time. We will uh, look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Perfect. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, as we're recording this uh It's a couple days before Father's Day, so uh, happy Father's Day to you and hope you enjoy the weekend. Hopefully you get to sleep in, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Same to you, Nick. Thank you so much. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.